Welcome to Below the 49th, the perspective on my neighbor to the south, Below the 49th. I'm Michael A. Charbon. Today's title, A Soft City, a Subpopulation. When poverty and the high cost of a place to live is exacerbated by unemployment, many must make the hard decision to put food on the table or pay rent. Legions of people unable to pay past due rent are then forced to resort to living on the street, homeless shelters, in a tent, under an overpass, or in a car. Hence the creation of a new living community called a soft city and the emergence of what you would call a subpopulation. Many landlords have come to the point that their bank demands its mortgage money and evictions sadly are inevitable. Families are then being forced out with the clothes on their back and what they can carry. The reality of finding a place to lay your head at night and call home with limited funds is at a national crisis. These dire circumstances see families with children unable to use certain shelters as an option. Some shelters are segregated, not allowing for accommodation of multiple family members. Others are simply afraid of the inherent dangers of shelter life, not to mention the reality of the availability simply of beds. Many charity organizations are stretched at alarming rates. Some have to deal with the growing illegal immigrant population who in many cases have no financial means whatsoever, zero. So the system is strained and for many, they have nowhere else to go. Many are at risk and in dire circumstances. These realities are just horrible. In 2019, pre-pandemic, it was estimated that in California alone, there was an excess of 30,000 people who were living on the green side of the street. In tents, tent cities have been created on roadsides, highway off-ramps, parks, and green boulevards. A tent city subpopulation. Imagine the potential of the spread of COVID where you can't self-isolate or, or practice simple tasks that we take for granted of washing your hands with soap and running water. Now take that situation up a notch to a much graver, graver level. What if an outbreak infects, uh, infects a complete tent city and municipal health officials categorize it as a medical emergency? What that could endanger the adjacent city with a mass outbreak of infection? America, are you ready for the images of the National Guard physically removing tent city residents into a state-sanctioned isolation facility by force? Hazmat closed military troops in white garb forcibly loading people into buses while bulldozers and dump trucks collapsed tents for incineration due to grave public health reasons? You know, previously, these images one would associate with a futuristic horror movie premise created by a warped doomsday creative mind living in L.A. But today, that's not so far from reality. Imagine society's further stigmatization of these vulnerable groups with the fear of those infectious people living over there. I mean, that's tragic. So you remember June 8, 2020 in Seattle, Washington, where we witnessed the image of the Capitol Hill protests or... Chaz, you know, that self-declared autonomous zone, a police-free, self-governing utopia for some 20 days of lawlessness. Seattle's Chaz inspired copycats in Portland, Oregon and Washington, D.C., where temporary tent city installations were established. In the end, when the occupiers left or were forcibly removed, what remained was tons of garbage, human feces waste, and scavenged material accumulated by transient tent residents. It was a horrific toxic soup of infection and bacteria. 
Then, listen to this, compounded by a rodent outbreak, which feeds on the garbage from the tent dwellers. Is that what's coming to a park near you, America? Another group, uh, another group subpopulation of desperate dwellers, we would call them, lives in cars, vans, or dilapidated motorhomes parked on the street or in a free public lot. Many of these vehicles, are, they're not even roadworthy, but have the capacity to display a valid uh, license plate and move several feet every week so as not to be towed. You know, as a human being, how can you not feel the pain and great sadness for those who are forced to live like this and have no fault of their own? In San Francisco, they distribute over 400,000 hypodermic needles free per month to addicts. Then in high areas of homelessness, there's a concentration of used needles littering the streets and parks and boulevards. They even do a daily report of where the worst areas are. Each syringe is a potential HIV biohazard, never mind COVID. It's estimated that half a million Americans are homeless, with about 35% of that living on the street. 65% are thought to be sheltered or living in temporary facilities. Nearly 250,000 Americans are sleeping on the street in California alone, representing 50% of America's street total. Where do you think 20% of the remainder of them is sleeping? It's on the streets of New York City, 20%. These numbers are sad and said to be well under the reality of what the situation is because the real number is way too high. The Coalition for Homeless reported that one in every 100 babies born in New York City was brought home from the hospital to a shelter. Statistics show homeless people have a higher rate of mental illness, drug abuse, compromised immune systems, and many, not all, have criminal records. And then there is another contingent, I should say, for a no fault of their own, are thrown onto the streets. As their population continues to age, the number of seniors sleeping in shelters is also growing at a very alarming rate, not to mention we already know our veterans. Again, another segment of the homeless subpopulation. So it begs the question, why are some other states with a generally tempered, warmer climate not experiencing the same rates of people living on the street? Well, because the rates of homelessness and those living on the street is not predicated on weather. It rests in state funding of programs and shelters, existing state law, vigorous police patrol, and the enforcement of those state laws. In California, there was a constitutional challenge where the rights of the homeless to live in a public space is valid when no alternative shelter is available. Simply, so if the state cannot remove tent dwellers to a shelter, the right of the tent cities to live in public spaces is protected. Municipal anti-camping laws challenge that presumption, but again, state law prevails. Many legislators and legislators hesitate because the bottom line is, where are you going to put them? Tragic. Despera uh, desperation has now begun to take shape as the mob moves in and reverts to violence and occupation. Listen to this. On February 1st, 2021, the New York Post reported that homeless activists tried to forcibly turn the Red Lion Hotel in Washington into a homeless hostel. SWAT teams, yes, SWAT teams, armed with a search warrant, showed up to storm the hotel and free it from the occupation. But take note, those homeless agitator occupiers, they were prepared for the police intervention. Yeah, they were armed with hatchets, knives, gas masks, and goggles. Those weren't your average homeless people. That was the mob stepping in. 
So what's the solution to this pending social homeless epidemic and these subpopulations? Well, you got to create long-term rent subsidies for households receiving public assistance. Plain and simple. You got to build more shelters. You got to work with mental health officials to address the over-indexing mental health problems of many of the homeless. You got to accelerate the pace of low-cost housing units, particularly for single adults, single people. And you got to mandate that new home construction of housing providers must have a proportion of free homeless units. I never thought we'd come to saying that. These and many more recommendations demand serious state and federal funding to stop the tide and remedy the ever-growing leagues of a soft city and a subpopulation of people who are homeless and living on the street. I encourage you to look up the Coalition for the Homeless. Uh, that website really offers a tremendous uh, amount of information and suggestions and documentation. America, the problem is not going away. It will inevitably affect those fortunate enough today to have shelter. There needs to be empathy, empathy, with firm action, where a serious, focused federal effort to fund programs to remedy and devise a solution for these people needs to be enacted now. Ignoring these realities today will make the soft city subpopulation the growth of tomorrow, and it will be inevitable. Finally, please click and check and share, and if you do so, I appreciate you to subscribe. If you leave a comment, I try to answer everyone on Facebook. I thank you for those considerations, and until next time, God bless, and please stay safe. I'm Michael A. Charbon for Below the 49th.